well sharpen your pencils, set up those dice, and free your mind, because we're about to build an open world. Hello, my name is Knox Adams, my pronouns are he, him, and I am the facilitator for Open World, and I just want to let you know that I love you. Here on Build an Open World, we create diverse characters, accessible places, supportive things that you can use as inspiration or you can even take directly and use in your own fantasy RPG worlds at home. Today, uh, we are joined by Finn... Um, he is my cousin and also a, um, a player and uh, a DM for two games that I am currently in. Um, Finn, can you uh, introduce yourself a little bit, uh, tell us your pronouns, and what is your experience with tabletop RPGs and what system you're most familiar with? Sure, absolutely. My name is Finn Cuthbert. Uh, my pronouns are he, him. Um, I have been in like the arts and theater for pretty much my whole life, uh, which is a great way to get started into role-playing and role-playing games and that sort, because there are lots of theater people that love role-playing games as well. Um, I got into my first role-playing game was a game called Dread, which I discovered back in college, which is essentially there's a big Jenga tower. And as you're pulling blocks throughout the story, if the tower falls over, your character dies. It's <laughs> a lot of tense role-playing is essentially what it is and that was a good beginner for me to get into D&D 5e which is what I'm most familiar with now and what I love to play and what I love to run that's what I do now nice yeah and honestly playing games with uh I know we've said this multiple times to each other and like with our group but this past year in the pandemic being able to play so much D&D it has honestly been the one of the best parts of the past year and a bit because it, without it, I would be going a lot more crazy than I already am. So <laughs> Definitely, definitely. Uh, so I know I, I asked you this specifically to kind of come prepared with this, but what is a defining quality characteristic or an identity that you feel is lacking or non-existent in the fictional worlds that you inhabit as both a creator or player? Yeah, I was um, hoping we could sort of mold a character today that carry the elements and carry the weight of um, anxiety and uh, specifically sort of the, the concept of existential dread and that sort of uh, thing that a lot of people, people carry. Before we get into that build, I just want to take a second to uh, remind everyone listening to uh, review us on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, uh, or wherever you listen to podcasts to keep up to date with the latest additions to this open world. Uh, and just a disclaimer that uh, me and uh, Finn are not experts necessarily in this uh, realm of anxiety, uh, psychology. We're just trying to create a more open space um, to talk about these things. And uh, if something we say isn't exactly right, we are here to learn as well. So feel free to give us feedback on these things. Please do. Absolutely. We're going to roll a D6 to determine if we are going to make a hero, a villain, or an NPC. Ooh, okay, cool. Uh, five. Five. We are making an NPC. Okay. So this is, cool. it's not a person who's going to save the world. It's not somebody who's trying to end the world. 
it is just somebody trying to live in the world. Cool, great. So if you want, would like to roll a d100. Yeah. Uh, I got a 92. 92. Which is an excellent roll. I wish I rolled like that for real in, in the actual game. Alrighty. Oh, we are making a Githyanki. Alrighty, next, let us uh, roll for a background for our character. Okay. So roll a d20 for me. Uh, 13. Alright, so we are a merchant. Cool. I think instead of class or subclass what kind of merchant especially knowing that we are going into talking about his existential dread which can show itself in various ways Mm -hmm. do you think it's more likely that a character like that would settle down try and stay in one place and get more control over that one spot or are they kind of in a constant state of that anxiety that they have to keep moving. I feel like let's both keep, could work. Either. Yeah, let's keep him moving then. Let's make him a traveling merchant. What do we think this uh, Githyanki would sell? You think we could roll for it? I just sure. typed in random trinket table 5e. That's uh, 11. A one ounce block made from an unknown material. <laughs> he sells he sells unknown, maybe it's he, he sells mystery items he finds random items and sells them not only is it a mystery to the person buying it but it's also a mystery to him yeah he, he, even he doesn't know how worth how much money it's worth <laughs> and it's like and i feel like that's almost a like this character doesn't want to know because he like they feel they feel right. it's such a it's such a burden to like if they know then it will like it'll like well should i be selling this should i not be selling this like is there Something better I should be doing with this. Right. <laughs> Mystery items. I love that. Uh, we have been using he, him pronouns kind of when we've been talking about this character so far. Is that what we're thinking of going forward? Sure. Stranak. Kind of like the sound of that. I kind of noticed that like I made this diverse character worksheet a while ago, but I kind of moved them around and was grouping them outside of this character sheet. So I might rework the structure of it a bit more. Sure. But I realized that they're, they kind of get broken up into three categories, outward identities, inner identities, experiential identities. Starting with the outward identities kind of helps us kind of see the character. Age. How old do we think this Githyanki is? Do we want to put him in like his 30s or something like that? Because so, he, if he's already a merchant, that means at least he has some experience in the business. Mm-hmm. Not a young adult. He's kind of grown, but he's not quite middle-aged yet. He's just kind of in his prime. Body size comparatively to others of the same ancestry. Githyanki are naturally, it looks like, long, lean, tall, slender humanoids. He he's is a traveling merchant. He's a so. traveling merchant. Um, but is that a traveling merchant that sits on a cart with a horse all day? Right. Yeah, no. Uh, well, I think especially if he's carrying all these items that are of probably a small size, like you were saying, so that he doesn't have to worry about carrying them everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he would probably have an animal of some sort pulling his cart. So, yeah, he's probably a pretty slender guy, pretty small, I suppose. In my head, I see this kind of hunched over. Like, he's always been looking at these, in, like, he's like in, fascinated with these things that he doesn't really know what they do. Sure. But he's always kind of hunched over looking at these things. So it's it's almost like... It's not this kind of statuesque warrior that maybe uh, the other Githyanki are used to seeing. He's kind of, he's right. he's all into these items because thinking about the outside world is too much. So he's so focused on these right. interesting items 
that he's like he's almost a uh, something that he can touch, something that he can hold. Yeah, skin color sort of do like a, a grayish green for him, just because if he's out traveling, merchanting. Mm-hmm. Again, not a verb, but you know what I mean. Yeah, just out in the sun all the time. The way he is, it's sort of his skin has become sort of faded and leathery and cracked in some places. Yeah, language, accent, and uh, like a cadence to their voice. You may have to help me with this one a little bit because often the accents that I give my NPCs are just accents that I feel comfortable doing. <laughs> Maybe the accent, like it's not, it's not an accent. It's just kind of the way. Th- this is the way. Uh, Shrinak talks. I, I feel like he probably doesn't have like a loud booming voice. I feel like no, it's but kind not of, by any means. No, it's kind of a a shrunken in kind of focusing on maybe like a little jittery. Like I feel like sure. it's kind of yeah. like it's because of the anxiety. It's maybe a little nervous and kind of breathy. That's what I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm feeling. Physical disabilities. Would him spending his days hunched over have an effect on his back, perhaps? Or is the hunched over from oh from something? something. I was thinking like a chronic pain. Oh, yeah, like... Uh, that might be an illness, though. That might fit into this category. And it just, like, it's it feels better on his, like, back when he hunches. To, to hold himself up straight is not a comfortable position. Anymore. Yeah. Okay, so now moving to the inner identities. We have sexual orientation here. Can we make him asexual? Asexual, yeah. Because he sort of might view the world as possibly hopeless. It depends on what the extent of this this anxiety is that he may see it as not worth uh, pursuing anything or it's just a, a belief that he carries. It could also just be that's how he is. Again, not everything has to be because of something else, like you right. were just saying. We did gender identity before when we were talking about his name. Cisgender male. Culture and ethnicity. This one is... Similar to the what I was talking about with language, where it's not what culture are they in the game, but what are we kind of pulling from in the real world that could give us inspiration for how we use this character, act as this character, play this character, see this character. I think that sort of ties into religion a little bit as well. And I sort of had this, or at least from when I was pondering this over my head and sort of thinking about what it is that the existential dread is sort of tied to, often what it comes back to is a question of what is beyond what we know for sure. Right. And that's sort of, that is, uh, that is sort of a European Western question that often comes up. If there is something out there, is it, is it a good thing? (laughs) And, And should we be afraid of it? That sort of thing. Right. And if that's and if that's where the kind of that existential dread f- is coming from, then we can say medieval Europe. Sure. I I guess that goes fits nicely into religion ideology, um, mm-hmm. into just Western I guess Christianity, right? Christianity. Um, yeah. I is suppose. so it's not that Shrinak is Christian. It's that he has those kind of same. Um, dread that some Christians in real life or people that are questioning Christianity or people that are learning more about it have in their own lives. Cognitive disabilities or neurodiversity, I don't think we need to have something unless no, you... No. you I are. don't think so. No, I think I think uh, working with the what we have is, is good. We can move into these kind of um, 
experiential identities. There's two categories here, upbringing and life experience that are somewhat similar, where I see upbringing as kind of a long-term, how was Shrenak growing up? And then life experience I see as more defining moments, traumatic events, pivotal events, something like specific. It could probably, I mean, if we're, if we're going off of this question of uh, his dread of whatever comes next is tied to sort of the religious ideologies that surround him in his upbringing. It could be a question of, did that stem from him being involved or being around people who are religious and sort of seeing that ideology and being like, you seem to be all fine with this, but what about the, or you seem to all, this is the, this is what you're, you're okay with all this. How, how, but what about, how do you know that's a good thing? Or what, how do you know that's true? Could it have been a moment during his childhood growing up with religious people mm-hmm. and sort of putting it together for himself that maybe it's not a good thing or maybe it is a good thing and we don't, we still don't know the answer. And then me, so then with the, like that kind of pivotal event, that life experience, that kind of flipped a switch where he went from living in this religious upbringing, constantly questioning, like, are you just okay with this? To then being on his own, traveling around, having these trinkets that he doesn't know what they do. He's selling them to people who they don't know what they do. Was it his choice? Like, and even if it's just he chose one day, this is too much. Being here is too much. I'm done. Or is it the people who were, he was constantly questioning, were they fed up with him? Were they like, you can't question this anymore? Like, why? It just is. Well, I think it would have been his choice to leave. It may have just been, it got to a point where they kept giving the same answer of it just is. Mm -hmm. And that was too much for him. Familial role. When he left, he kind of took himself out of that. And he like, I don't, I don't, this is not the right word, but self orphaned himself. <laughs> like, uh, 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 yeah, no, I know what you mean though. You know, um, like, he's like, he pulled it. He's like, you guys aren't answering my questions. I have too much. Better not to think about it than to keep pursuing answers that nobody has. Relationship style. Meryl's, as we said, he is, uh, alone and happy. It's, it's certainly, it's better. He, he feels more comfortable. Oh yeah. That's better. Probably a better and more comfortable. That's probably a better way of putting it. So socioeconomic status. Enough to keep him fed. But uh, yeah, enough to sustain. What privileges would a Githyanki traveling merchant have in a world? And it's like, and if it's none, that's okay too. It's probable that if if he's making a living selling unknown items, he has enough of a position that he's actually making some money. Right. So if anything, people see him and say, "Oh, well, it's a merchant. I can maybe buy some stuff." Right. It's not like they're looking at him and saying, eh. "Yeah, he has a job. He he has a job and making money." I feel like a lot of people in these worlds might look and say, "Oh, that's kind of a sad life." Right. He um, certainly doesn't have a a a. a an op- he probably won't have an opportunity in his life to get into a higher position of power. But also, but I don't think he stre- wants yeah, it. That would stress him out. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty full kind of idea of who this character is, especially as an NPC. Githyanki are also known as being like this astral sea uh, from different 
areas of like the universe and stuff like that. So like mm-hmm. to see this character in one game and then like in a different game with a different DM, pull this character again and be like, this is the same one who just travels to different universes. Oh, oh, that's cool. But like, and he does this because he doesn't want to stay in one universe where this dread might get him. Right. I don't know. I Just another idea at the end there. <laughs> that is completely way out there. One final question about uh, Shrenak here. If sure. we could adjust an element of traditional fantasy uh, worlds to make a more open and accessible world for this character. Obviously, as we sort of discussed here with, with Shrenak's history, is that he he grew up not being given any answers for the religions that were set in front of him. Mm-hmm. So maybe the question is, in our D&D worlds, can we add a element of some sort of belief or ideology that isn't... Uh, when you die, this is where you go, and this is what you have to do to get there. There are religions like that in, in the real world. There are mm-hmm. just belief systems that are just, we don't know, but this is what we do to make our lives better and make other people's lives better, and we feel good about it. Mm-hmm. But often, with, or at least in my experience, a lot of D&D games, all the religions are, this is the god, this is what you do, and that's what happens. I think that's a great place to kind of end it. I feel like we have, yeah. I'm going to have to edit this episode because we... We talked a lot, um, but <laughs> Some uh, deep stuff. Uh, as always, uh, you can find a visual representation of what we think Shrenak may look like at openworldrpg.org slash podcast. Also there, you can find any links to additional resources we use to make this character, or you can find a preview of that information on any of our socials by searching Open World RPG and looking for that purple and tan D20. Uh, Finn, thank you so much for, uh, being here today and helping me build a more open world. Is there anywhere that you want listeners to find you online to see what you are up to or do you have upcoming, upcoming projects that you'd like to plug? Sure. Yeah. Uh, if you go to finncuthbert.com, you can find pretty much any information about myself and projects that are upcoming. Uh, most recently I dropped my very first album, Feel the Universe. It's so good. You can find um, finncuthbert.bandcamp.com. Amazing. Well, uh, thank you, Finn. Thank you all for listening. Uh, We'll be back next week with a new guest helping me create characters as we continue to build an open world. I love you all!